Welcome to The Rest of Us. My name is Noah Hutton, and I am your host. Each week, I'll have a new entrepreneur on to talk about their story, struggles, and lessons learned. This week, I'm really excited to talk to you Fabrice Fuanji. He was introduced to me through Cole Bushy, who is episode three of this podcast. So if you haven't listened to that episode, go listen. But Fabrice's conversation, our conversation was amazing. We talked about everything from just getting your business started to how AI can help your business to how to pitch to clients. Um, and also just the type of gear that Fabrice uses and everything in between. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Fabrice Fuanji. Fabrice Fondi, welcome to the Rest of Us podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? How y'all doing? Good. So, Fabrice, actually, I got connected through Fabrice through Cole uh, Bushy, who is episode three of this podcast. If you haven't listened to his, go listen to that right now. It was a great uh, interview. Um, we do talk about Fabrice a little bit in that episode. Um, we're actually recording this before Cole's episode comes out. So, Fabrice, you'll have to listen to that to see what we say about you. Oh, sure. um, I promise all good things. So, I'll definitely be doing it. Yeah. So, um, Fabrice, like I said, got, I got connected through Fabrice through Cole. So, um, why don't you just kind of get started to introduce yourself and then we can go into your story. For sure. So what's up guys? What's up, Noah? First of all, thank you. Thank you for having me on this podcast. I always love networking with everybody that does the same thing that I do and just create as a general, but, um, overall, my name is Fabrice Fuanji. I am a marketer, digital media creation director. Um, and I do, what I love for a living. And so um, I got introduced to Noah through Cole. He called me one day. He was like, hey, dude, I know this guy who would love to have you on his podcast. Y'all kind of do the same real estate stuff and pictures and stuff like that. So you should definitely connect with them. I was like, cool, let's do it. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so for Reese, it was really funny when I do, I do a pre-call with all my guests to kind of just, if they're not familiar with the podcast, get them acclimated and also kind of, uh, understand their story a little bit. Um, and for Reese thought we were doing the podcast that day. He was already ready. He was like, we are recording today. He was like talking about it and stuff. And I was like, no, 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 we're not doing this right now, but yeah. he's ready. So I'm really excited to have him on because his energy is fantastic. So appreciate, appreciate But yeah, thank you for having me on. Of course. So let's just kind of jump right in. Um, start with your story. You are from Houston, Texas, correct? Or you live in Houston now? So let's so, kind of start there. Yeah, I'm, over, I'm all over the place. So originally, I'm from Douala, Cameroon in Central Africa. If you don't know where okay. that is, Africa is like this. It's like a little curve down. It's like right in this little area here. So massive like seafood import export um, zone. Um, but I was born and raised there for nine years. I came over to Texas in Houston back in 09 um, and I've been moving over Texas. So Longview, Texas, and then I was over in Dallas for a little bit and then now we're in Midland, Texas. And so that's what I kind of reside now is in Midland, Texas. And, you know, I'm trying to take over the market here and it's, I enjoy it. And so, yeah. So I'm yeah, for sure. So your creative journey kind of starts, um, you were doing like concerts in college and rappers and fraternities and all that kind of stuff. You know, I start there kind of right before that, how that kind of popped off. Yeah, man. So, my whole life, so mind you, my dad's a mechanical engineer and all of my family members are like, you know, some sort of engineers or some type of like hard work field. And so uh, my dad was always a mechanical engineer and growing up, I was like, dude, I want to be just like my dad, just like him, like so cool. And so um, I ended up growing up and I was like, I got through high school and I was like, you know what? I want to do psychology. I really love people. I really love learning and enjoying about people. So I ended up going into that. No, I ended up signing up for it. And then when college started, my dad found out, and I was like, you know what, now nah, I'm gonna go back to mechanical. So, you know, especially with African parents, it's a whole different ordeal. 
So I ended up doing mechanical for three years. Um, and I was like, no, nah, I can't do this, bro. It's not for me. Um, when I was 16, I had a um, engineering firm job at engineering as a drafter. Basically, you draw like screws and you draw a whole bunch of stuff like and, and it creates it for you. And I was like, OK, this is not a bad job, <clears throat> bad job, excuse me. But I wouldn't want to do this every day like a nine to five. I hated a nine to five. So my third year in college, I was like, no, nah, I can't do this. I don't want to do this. I switched over to economics and I was like, hmm, this isn't bad. It's a business. And I wanted to start my business at the time, too. Um, it was actually a clothing business, what it was, was going to be. Um, graduated with that degree. I got the minor in engineering and math. And then I started looking for jobs. Nobody wanted me. Not a single soul. I was like, damn, am I that bad? Like, I had good results, good resume, everything. Nobody. Like, okay, cool. I ended up applying for this uh uh, insurance shop, it's not one of those things that you get. It's one of those things that you apply for and you're kind of automatically in. You just have to like test and stuff to get in. And I hated it. Uh, even though I passed, I hated it. I spent too much studying for like an exam. I passed it. And I was like, nah, I'm good. So I ended up starting my business, which was for recent visuals. And how that came about was my final year in college, I bought a camera to start for the clothing company I wanted to start this whole time. And school started. And I was like, nah, I can't put all my energy in that. And so I was like, okay, you know what? I got the camera. I'll just start shooting people. I'll start shooting myself. So I went out. I started shooting myself. Uh, I started taking pictures of random things, my friends, my, you know, random girlfriends in college that I had just to get some portfolio. And then um, I started posting this and they started doing good. I was like, damn, I really got an eye for this. And then um, <clears throat> I started collabing with like, Frat parties, hey, let me come shoot this for an hour or two. And then rap, you know, frat parties, rappers would be there. So I shot the young bands, I shot Key Glock, DJ Esco, uh, Block Boy. Like these are, these are like name brand rappers, but these are like people that have enough status. And so those would go out. I got enough like status in the city. And sure enough, um, one of my friends saw one of my posts of me actually from back in the day uh, when I used to shoot myself. I would just put the tripod down. Literally, a tripod would be like right here, and I would just stand there and pose. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so, um, my friend saw that, and he he happened to be in real estate in Midland. Old old high school friend. He's six days older than me. He was like, "Hey, who takes your pictures?" I was like, "Bro." I take my pictures and I ended up going to him doing an event here and there. And then it eventually led to being in the whole market of real estate. And that was freaking fun. So that's how I got all the way up to here. Yeah. So before, before college, did you have any photography experience or were you just like, I need a camera to do this clothing brand. And like, it just kind of came out from there. I had no uh, photography experience as I meet that. Perfect. Um, dude. So, so I, I've always wanted a camera. Um, I actually had a lot of video experience growing up. So when I came to the U.S., I started watching guys like KSI. Um, obviously, Logan Paul brothers were back popping back in the day. Um, Dashy XP, Dashy Games, and like the whole skit scene, you know, RDC World. Um, I don't know if you remember Nigga Higa back in the day. Um, these guys. So I started watching those. And I wanted to create my own. I wanted to kind of, you know, create my own thing and Okay, let me try a little YouTube. So I'm back when I'm like, what, 14, 13, 15, I'm creating YouTube videos. And they're still up to this day on the Fabricated Podcast YouTube channel. Um, at the very bottom, they're very embarrassing. I'm still not going to take them down, though. <laughs> um, but I've always had that passion to create videos and just to create. And so, yes, I did have like very tiny video experience, but not photo experience. I had no idea. 
So a year before I got my camera, I spent the entire year just watching YouTube videos on cameras, how to use them, what shutter speed was, ISO and all that stuff. Once I figured that out, I mean, once I got the camera, it was pick and go. It was really quick. I think my turnaround time from when I picked up the camera until when my pictures started getting really good was almost like a month, like tops. And I was shooting. Oh, wow. That's pretty fast. Really fast. Because I was, one, I had a year of prior knowledge on how to use cameras. And then two, I had editing softwares already. So I immediately got Lightroom. And then I started just picking it up very, very quickly. So, yeah. yeah, for sure. I think, I think still any, any time you're picking a new skill, the best way to learn is to kind of just like go into it and learn as you go, like pick up camera and just kind of learn it as you go. But like the same thing for me in podcasting is like, I didn't start a podcast till this year, but I've been listening to podcasts for so long that all that knowledge was just kind of built up in the back of my head that when I started to do it and when I started to like pick it up, it was like, oh, this all feels comfortable because I have all this in the, in the back of my head. So like with you and camera is like, you didn't have a camera to test out different shutter speeds and aperture, but like you, you were learning that and you had all that knowledge kind of just sitting there. And then when you finally saw it in front of you, like you were holding it, you're like, oh, this is how you apply this. And you just went. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, that's a great point, too, because once I you need to have that before you even do something and dive into it, because once I got the camera, everything was like, OK, I'm going to just do this. Right. And so I got the camera and I got all the knowledge and everything already, all that. The thing the, the last thing I really needed was the drive and the drive was already there. Like if there's anything about me is that whenever I want to do something that I really enjoy, I am like the most driven person in the world. And so once I got the camera, I was shooting. Bro. So my neighbor <laughs> back in college, my last year when I got my uh, switch to economics, um, she was actually super cool. She was super close. That's your twin. And so what I do is as I got the camera, school started, and then the snow started happening. It started snowing. I was like, listen, wake up. Let's go in the back. It's like this massive like field covered in snow and let's go shoot. And I have like, we just, I started shooting her for no reason. I started shooting myself for no reason, random trees for no reason. And that's why I would just do it every day, every day. Some of my favorite pictures are actually from back then. And so, yeah, like you have to have that drive. Yeah, for sure. I'm kind of figuring that out right now is like, I'm I'm in a place where like I'm trying to figure out like how to grow my business because yeah. I just started out last year so like growth is super important so I'm trying to figure out like where where do I have that drive like what right. industries do I have the drive to work in because like podcasting is definitely one of them and I do podcasts for different people and I love it and it's like my favorite thing but like breaking into other areas like do what do I have that drive where do I have that drive and that's so important because you could be really successful in an industry that you don't like but it's just not going to be fun and you're going to get burnt out so fast. So, so really having that drive is, is almost more important than having the skills um, because you have to be motivated to do that and keep going. Oh, dude, I agree. I mean, oh, my goodness. There's, I was talking to my friend the other day, we went on this topic. I, get, I start speaking fast when I get excited. Um, but the topic was, it's impressive how C like C grade students run the world. And then like kids with A grades and stuff like that kind of just take a back seat because the, those kids that used to get C's, they didn't care about what the school was. But once they got out, they're driven on pretty much everything else. And knowledge is also like a, knowledge is like potential power, right? You can have all the knowledge, but it's all potential power. And so uh, I was definitely a nerd, a geek or whatever you want to call it back growing up. But like at the same time, a second school was done. I couldn't, I can't do anything with that knowledge, bro. I have so much knowledge in math. I mean, I took all the math classes there is thing. 
um, all the way up to the theories. Um, same thing, engineering. I didn't finish engineering out, but I'm pretty sure if I went back to it, I could finish it really quickly, but I don't use any of those. And most engineers can tell you they don't use any of that knowledge they learned in college. So it's like, okay. And so it, for me, it's, it's impressive. Like you can have all the skills in the world, but it doesn't matter if you're not driven or, or if you want it, if that makes sense. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Totally agree. So in college, you're doing these frat parties, you're doing uh, these like shows and concerts and things like that. How did you, where did you see that as like, okay, this is just fun. Like I'm helping out my friends to like, this is a business. Like I, I want to make this a business. And then how did that like grow from there? That's a good question. Um, I actually didn't even know that from back then. Like when I was shooting these parties, I was like, all right, cool. I'm in college. I'm broke. I need to make money. Cool. I know a guy who knows a guy who can get me connected to a frat party who will pay me to go out there and do these events. They've already seen my work, which they love. And I know my work is higher quality and just not like a regular, this guy's going to take pictures. All right, cool. So once I go out there, I go to these parties and, you know, college, I, go, I went to Texas Tech University, basically two-turn university is what we call it, because every week there's always something going on. And so every weekend I had a chance to go out, you know, and do my thing. As a matter of fact, I get to weekends where I chill i'd edit all monday through thursday and then i'd spend friday and saturday just out shooting so friday evening or afternoon i'd be shooting myself go home get my batteries ready go to a concert like friday night right and then wake up at like noon because i'm trying to recover from shooting and then same thing go out and shoot myself for a friend and then at saturday night shoot again and then sunday will be recovery day where i'd like upload and kind of start editing footage and so there wasn't a definite point where i knew it turned to a business specifically for that i just knew that hey i can stack up a lot of money for this right um and i was too young to know like how to build structure to that but if if i appeal more to that scene today then i probably would like create a structure to do that as a business. But it wasn't until my friend reached out to me and told me about the real estate thing that I didn't, I realized, okay, real estate's an actual home market and I can cling on mm -hmm. to this and make more money. Kind of like similar to you, because that's you do the same thing. You're starting to realize how you can scale that as well. As a matter of fact, how are you trying to scale your business in terms of like growing out like that? That's a really good question and something I'm still trying to figure out right now. Um, yeah. I kind of went into it as like real estate as like my main thing. Like I had some real estate clients I do today. Like I'm that's where I'm going to scale. And as I was going through, like there, there are those players that are already like kind of embedded in the community and you're like, oh, you're competing against them. You're the new guy in. And so that's kind of where I've found I've struggled the most. So then it's like, okay, where else can I go? Because I'm still going to work at this real estate thing, but I also need to pay my, pay my bills. So where else can I start making money? And podcasting has been a little bit of that. Um, and then I have, I was telling you before this, I have a call with uh, a potential client on Wednesday. And that's kind of where I think things will go. It's a, it's a brokerage um, and a real estate brokerage. And they, they're going to, we're going we're gonna to do a podcast for them and some recruiting videos and things like that with them. So, but um, yeah, I'm still trying to figure that out. Honestly, I kind of, think that I, if I could choose, it would be podcasting. Honestly, wow. like that's kind of where my passion is. It's where I really enjoy. And it's where I feel like I have the most efficiency right now, um, as far as like content wise, but, um, I'm still kind of trying to figure that out, whether like I can get enough clients to make that full time, or do I need to do some small business stuff? Do I need to like, you know, work with real estate? Can I get enough real estate to do that the full time? Like I'm still kind of trying to figure out that balance for sure.
So <clears throat> seeing like what you do, I mean, you have the, the world is yours, right? However, I think with your structure, real estate's great to be like a quick cash grab, right? Um, unless you're yeah. structure like how I'm doing it, basically as a marketer, I create like websites and videos. I have basically seven things I offer and I put that into a package and then I send that to my clients, right? But because now I know how far deep I am into this, and I've, done, I've been podcasting for since 2016, the Fabricated Podcast. Like, that's definitely a passion you should stick out to. And also scale. I think people don't realize how scalable podcasting is. It really is. <clears throat> it's, like, more enjoyable than anything because you're just talking and connecting with people. And so, oh, man, there's, there's so many ways about doing it. Have you gotten into AI? Have you gotten into AI yet? A little bit. Honestly, like, yeah, I have thought about kind of, you know, ChatGPT and Dolly and all these kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just listening to a podcast before this about how, like, it was specifically about how YouTubers can use that to kind of do their content. And it's like, it's really good. Like, it mm-hmm. is so good at creating content. And like, honestly, I wouldn't use it as like a final deliverable for a client right now. Like, I right. would use it as a first or second draft. Or like I write something, put it into ChatGPT and say like, hey, review this. What do you think? And then okay. it kind of spits it back out. So that's kind of how I'm thinking about it. But I'm 100% using it for sure. Okay. So here's what I'm saying. So I was talking to Cole and my buddy Kevin at Compound about this, right? That's still the small-minded way of thinking about this. And and I'm, I'm starting to wrap my head around how crazy this is. So what she's told me is like you're writing ideas and having to do it for you, right? Okay. Instead, have it write like full-on sales pitches for you and for podcasting and then have it right it'll create a template for you and then once it creates it you read it see if you like it and then you can type in like okay make it more persuasive make it more um, enticing make it more people friendly like to where you have it right and then um finalize it and say make it towards i don't know um, edward or john or paul or something it will create a script or even keep the template and then start sending it out to like as many people as possible. And so that's why I'm starting like this open AI thing is actually ridiculous. And it's insane. It's insane because it's almost starting to get rid of the fact that we have to do work as humans. Right. But for me, I have to be very careful because I also don't want it to ruin my authenticity. Right. I don't want it to like, how do I say it? Dissipate. Cause I still, yeah. I still want to be the one to make it feel real. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, so that's one thing I recommend you to do. That way, instead of writing 100 emails yourself, create a, have it create a template for you, um, swap out the names per person, and then send it out that way. So, yeah, yeah for sure. I think I think there is a limit. Like, it, it's, it is great the way you talked about it, but you really still need to focus on the authenticity because if, if you write an email and you send it to somebody, you get that client, you land it, that's great. But then if your emails after that are like, subpar compared to that or it's like it just not doesn't feel the same and then they kind of realize that that can be harmful to your brand and your client so it is it is really important to balance like using ai which is 100 percent powerful and i'm definitely going to like kind of look into how you talked about using it but um yeah you have to balance that authenticity because at the end it's still a person-to-person relationship it's not a person to business relationship person ai relationship yeah and i like that you brought that up too and that's that's why i'm I'm struggling with it i'm like okay how far should I go using this thing? And there's definitely a level of like uh, ethics of using yep. this thing. And so, but no, towards your business stuff, like, yeah, definitely have that um, save you a lot of time or, um, you know, use it as, 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 as you would, but ethically. 
hundred percent. Yeah. I don't know if you saw in the news, there was a, a tech publication called CNET. Um, they mm-hmm. were writing their articles with AI. Basically they were just having AI write like explainer articles on like compound interest or on mortgages or on this or that. And they didn't really say like they said it if you clicked a few things down, but they didn't actually say in the article or in the byline, like this is written by AI. And then people, and then one of the articles was wrong. It was on like compound interest or something. One of the articles was the information was incorrect. And they, the, like, there's another publication that like caught them in it. And right. so like, I think it is kind of important to make sure you're using it. You use AI. It's great. ChatGPT is insane. It's so good. But A, make sure your information is correct. And yeah. B, make sure it's authentic to you because uh, it can kind of go wrong if you're not careful with that for sure. Right very quickly and so yeah but no i think for you for sure go the podcast route for longevity because mm-hmm. in the world in a world where the world will probably turn into ai having a human human interaction and podcasting will probably be way more valuable than people think or care to see right now so oh yeah 100 percent. i definitely agree with that so um let's kind of transition into talking about your business right now. So Fabrice Visuals is your business. Um kind of talk about what your offering is and how you uh how you kind of see your business and look gotcha. yeah, solid of that. Man, <clears throat> my voice is like going today. Um it's I don't even know, bro. Like first of all, I don't even know how I got here. I say this all the time. I don't know how I got here, but I'm grateful I'm here. Um so now it's about where do I go? Um, I've actually started to branch my business out into more of a, how do I even say it? Like a, a bigger, more scalable thing, right? Um, that way I can dip out of the city or go into bigger cities and markets later on in the future. And that's very important as a business. You need to have that kind of structure because if you don't, you're not going to go far, you know, whatever. And so when I started... It, it was basically, you know, concerts. So, hey, uh, pay me 400 bucks. I'll come out tonight and I'll shoot this rapper in your party and I'll give you a video and it'll be yourself. Now it's, I started from there or even like 300 bucks lifestyle photo shoots. Um, well, it was 50 bucks at the time. 50 bucks, I'll shoot you for two hours and, and you know, you can do whatever you want with just Instagram, whatever. Now it's 300 bucks, uh, two outfits, three outfits, one location, unlimited pictures, whatever. That's how it is right now. And now I'm transitioning over to, or right now it's still like, okay, so that that $300 for a photo shoot, one full video commercial, highly produced commercial, by the way. I don't slack on commercials. Um, I do short form reels, so like reels, uh, TikToks and stuff. And usually per month, my clients get 21, which I'm starting to realize is actually insane uh, for what I charge them. And then I'll do um, graphic illustrations. So um, like, a, you know, the Canva posts and stuff like that, but more professional. And then I will do a website if they need a website. And so these packages typically range from at least 2000 to roughly like 8000 depending on what the client needs and their amounts and stuff. Um, yeah, so that's where I am right now. So now I'm actually trying to shift to where I don't have to be as involved. So I might even take out the reels or make the real amount smaller. Um, I'll still keep the photo shoots. That's my bread and butter. I, I, I started doing photo shoots. I will always do photo shoots. I'm just, that's why I think I'm good at and I'll stay there. Um, 
and then humbly. And then the graphics, I'll probably bring that down too, and then I'll keep the websites. That way it's more scalable. If I need to go out to um, Houston for a client, that's like a one-day thing where I can do all that and come back, and then the websites get to my people's to do. So um, that's where I'm at right now, and I want to take it to where even it's even less than that, where I do I focus it on the skills of my website building, and then I charge more for that. And so to see where I started from $50 photo shoots and free photo shoot sessions to here, it's kind of insane. Um, but the road to all that was hard. So like, still got to figure out taxes, which is coming up and I'm like, holy crap. Um, I still got to figure out like, you know, business structures and, and CRMs and stuff like that. And so, um, but overall, that's what I offer. I'm really, really good at what I offer. And um, so much so I'm, I'm, I'm always busy all the time. It's hard to get me. Anyway, yeah. So. Uh, oh, I know. I know. Because we've been trying to schedule this for a while. But yeah, I mean, that's good. I'd rather you be busy than uh, you be like, oh, I can do the podcast anytime because busy is good. Right. So um, so are you doing all that yourself or do you have a team around you that kind of supports you with your work? So up until um, I would say November of last year. No, I'd say August of last year. Um, I was doing it all by myself. So I'd make the content, I'd go home and edit it. I would, um, I, I didn't build websites back then, but made the content, go home and edit it. I'd post all for all, on all my clients' page for them. We post for them as well. That way they don't have to worry about social media. And then we just send them reports every month or so. And then, um, yeah, I'd do all that by myself, dude. It was so stressful. And I, it was hard finding the balance between being out there shooting and being inside editing. And it's, it's still hard to this day. Up until then, I found one person. Her name was Maria. Shout out to Maria. I always shout her out. She's my social media strategist, so she posts for all of my clients. And so she's actually a good friend from college. Um, so she posts on all their pages, and she does a damn good job. Um, and then I got a bigger team now. You know, your team, when you get a team, it always changes. It always evolves and stuff. But now I got a team of basically five uh, people that I can kind of send work out to. I got website builders. I got video editors, you know, graphic guys and all that stuff. So now I'm at a team. And I, I desperately, like, I I would die for that team because, you know, they die for me too. So that's respectful. So Yeah, 100%. And did you, when you were thinking about scaling your business to that, that team level because you just couldn't keep doing it on yourself, are you, were you looking at it as I'm hiring people, like salary level? Or are you looking at it like, hey, like, I need a website done. You charge, you know, 400 bucks. Like, I'm going to pay you 400 bucks to do this one client because I don't have time. Like, how yeah. are you thinking about that scale and how you paid your people? So I actually, when I started out and I'm, I'm very, I'm a very sincere guy, almost to a fault, but um, I was looking at them. I was like, Hey, I will pay you X per month, basically a salary, um, X amount of month to do this sort of job. Right. And, and really what I should have been done is subcontracting it. Um, and so that's what I'm kind of doing now. But like, for example, Maria, I really want to put all of them. I really want to put all of them on a salary. I really do. Um, just because they, I have constant work going on. The problem is, like the consistency for me shifts all the time because I have to help this client out and, you know, due date shifts and all that kind of stuff. So it's always interesting, but yeah, I think it's always best to subcontract until you know exactly what amount of work you have to do per month. Mine changes all the time. hundred percent. Yeah. I totally agree. I, I have, my dream is to build a team and have an assistant and have like other shooters and stuff. Like there's a guy locally, um, that I kind of just look up to is like my North star, like where I want to be. And I think like my kind of route will be a little bit different than his about how I build a team because of the type of content we do. 
but I, I, I interned for him, uh, when I was in college and like his kind of just where he's at now in the studio he's built out is kind of my North star. And he has a full team of shooters and editors and, you know, strategists and business development people and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but yeah, contracting is definitely like the way to go when you're starting out. Cause it can be cheaper and it can also just be the, the relationships are a little bit better, especially if you find somebody and you're like, I'm not so sure if their work is going to be like to my level yet. So we're going to try them out on this first one and see, um, contracting, contracting to hire is better than just hiring shit out. I agree. I agree. And, and actually going to your point, um, to you actually here in your podcast, Steph, I think you should uh, sub- subcontract a lot. But also because you know exactly how many podcasts you want to do per week, it'd be good to have somebody on salary. That way they know what they're doing every day. Because you do what, a podcast a week sometimes or two? Yeah, I mean, it kind of it kind of it really depends on the guests. Like I kind of let the guests decide when they want to shoot. So like I didn't shoot at all last week, but this upcoming week, I just looked, I have four that week and then one the week after that. So, um, and the, I would love to contract this because the amount of clips I'm pulling from the episodes and like the amount of work, it's just so much work. And then posting it on social media, I, I pay for a scheduler now because I just have so much to do, but, um, and, but this podcast right now, isn't making any money. So that's like when it starts making money, when I maybe start bringing in sponsors or stuff like that, like that's when I'm going to start hiring out that work because time wise, it just doesn't make sense for me to do it all. But for right now, it doesn't make any money, so it doesn't really make sense for me to hire because that would just be make this a cost instead of a right. right. And yeah, so, and I kind of enjoy it too. Like I do enjoy like pulling the clips and doing the editing. So there's there's a little bit of the balance of like how much do I want to pay for somebody else to do that, and how much do I want to still do it because I still enjoy it. So yeah. it's a little bit of both. Well, yeah, and dude, podcasting is so fun. I mean, like I said, I've been doing, I've been doing this since 2016. My first first episode was by myself, and then the next two were guests. And then I kind of had like in and out guests here and there, but I think I think it's very important to do podcasting, even if you're like a shy, reserved person, because you get to self reflect. Like, <laughs> I look at my old podcast and I look, I just see this like sad boy. I'm like, man, you went through it, bro. You were going through it. And then I look back. Even now, I look at some of my most recent podcasts, and I'm like, I remember what you were going through that time. Look, we made it out. You know what I'm saying? And so, and then connecting with people during a podcast is even ever more lasting because I will always say this. I talk, I tell Cole this all the time. You can literally learn anything, even from a homeless person, like anything, like no matter what it is. And so podcasting will give you a lot of value. A hundred percent. And I think like for any entrepreneur, any creator, anybody like that, even if you don't want to record it and put it out, have conversations with other creators, whether they are your local friends or they're like, like Fabrice here in Midland, Texas. Like I, I kind of got connected with you through Cole and like I have interviewed people from California and Kansas City, Missouri or Kansas City, Kansas and like Virginia and um, I'm trying to think India, like Indianapolis and like all, all these other places have those conversations with people. If you see them doing really cool stuff on Instagram, reach out and hop on a call for an hour or two hours and just talk to them because you're going to learn from them no matter what. Um, so it's really important to, to have those conversations. Oh yeah. Whether you're, whether you're going to record it or not, just have those conversations because you're going to learn so much from other entrepreneurs and creators. I just happen to like podcasting. So I wanted to record it and do this whole process, but you can do the same thing and just not record it. I agree. I agree. You can learn. I mean, oh, man. That's why I love talking to people, man, because I'm like, yeah. And the fact that you do what I do in real estate, kind of like the picture stuff and like I 
who was I talking to? I think it was Cole. He called me the other day. He was like, hey, do you know how to do like the multiple stops picture? So he called me before he called you, I think, where you went. Oh, yeah. A low exposure, mid exposure and high exposure. Yeah. And I was like, first of all, you should have called Noah first. <laughs> and then secondly, um, I actually do not. But I did watch a bunch of videos on it. And so, like, for example, the day I know there will be a day that will come where I'll be like, hey, Noah, how do I do this? And so, um, you know, I'll reach out. But it's important because, like, without that call and if he was scared to call me, you know, he wouldn't have known. And I would have been like, hey, oh, yeah. Call. <laughs> so 100 percent. Yeah. Cole called me yesterday or the other day and he was like, hey, like, how do you do? window pulls for HDR photography. And I'm like, okay, you do this, this, and this. Like I kind of walked him through it. But yeah, and I'm, I'm constantly texting my friends who are other like video people or entrepreneurs who have maybe like my biggest, my biggest issue and my biggest like thing that I worry about is like how to price myself and how to price a certain client. So I'm always texting my friends and I'm saying like, hey, have you ever done an event before? Have you ever done like worked with an agency before? Have you ever, you know, I don't know, worked with the this you know government entity or whatever it is like mm. how do you how are you pricing that how are you going about do you know how they kind of think about it like i'm always reaching out to them because you can you, you can look it up on the internet it's fine but like yeah. if, if you have friends it's just gonna be better to reach out for, to them because you're a building that friendship like even if your best friends they still talk to them obviously but yeah. um i just prefer to talk to my friends about that and i always i'm always reaching out reaching out to them and saying like Hey, I have this big client or if it's like a bigger client, like I have some stuff coming up and it's like way bigger than anything I've ever done before. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't even know where to start with this. So I texted um, the guy that I was saying has a big studio here in Warsaw. And I was saying like, Hey, I have this big client. This is all they, this is what all they want from me. Is this kind of this pricing model or this pricing model? So a hundred percent recommend if you don't understand, if you don't know something, text your friends that are creators or find somebody who you can talk to about it because those conversations are going to be so fruitful. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No. And we'll get into the pricing here in a second, but to, to your point, like your friends, a lot of your friends, especially as us creators, we have a lot of experience in different aspects of everything. And so for example, like I can tell you exactly how to price things and, and how you should go about like pricing, for example, is really mostly confidence. You know what I'm saying? Knowing that, okay, this is how much I feel like my time is worth. So here's what happened yesterday. Um, I had to go, my client, so I put my clients on these packages, right? But my client just actually wrapped up, but she uh, needed a pictures for her house. And so usually I charge, the least I can do for pictures is actually 250 um, ever, no matter what the, the square footage is, because if not, then I'm actually losing money per hour that I'm doing that photo. So I went up there, I said, cool, I'll be there. I drove all the way up there. It was like 20 minutes away. I parked and she's like, cool, how much is it going to be? I told her, I said, it'll be 250 She goes, Hmm, I have a friend that did it for 170. <laughs> I was like, uh, cool, cool. So now you can't be, you know, an a-hole about it. So I have to be say it respectfully. So here's what I said. I'll, I'll pull up the receipts. Right I said, hmm, 170 is a fair price. However, for all the experience and love that I put into my work, and I use the word love because no one can take the word love away from you. For the experience and love that I'll put into my work, 225 is the lowest that I'll go. I even lowball just a little bit. She said, is that fair with you? She said, perfect. That's fine. You know what I'm saying? And you have to. You have to respect uh, respectively. After this, so what, the time is 1140. I have a meeting at 2 p.m. Uh, in Andrews, Texas. So I'll be leaving at um, 1. For a client, which will be my biggest payout ever, it's actually $8,000, the package I'm offering them. I'm That's 80% awesome. sure, 80% <laughs> sure that I'll be closing that. However, you have to make sure you know. you I, Like... 
I can be confident. I'm 100 percent sure I'll get it. Yeah. But saying that will actually diminish my work ethic of getting it. But I'm actually 80 percent sure I'll get it. I'll just have to do the rest of the skills that I have, the convincing, the showing the value, the uh, presentation to make sure that I get it. And so, yeah, most of that stuff is actually mostly confidence and doing the same thing every time over these past couple of years brought me the confidence to know that, hey, this is actually what this is worth. So. Yeah, a hundred percent. I, uh, yeah. there, you said so many things that I want to kind of jump into there. So I had a, I had a realtor that I worked with, um, only one time. I don't know if yeah. I'll work with him again, but when I was, uh, when I was in the house, like actually with the realtor starting my shoot, he's like, see that house over there. And he pointed to the one across the street. He's like, this mm-hmm. other guy shot it. Uh, so you're kind of competing with him for his style. And I'm like, I was, I was like, Oh shoot. Like, I don't know how to think about that. Cause it was the first time like somebody said that to me yeah. and we shoot completely different styles. Like I looked at the, that house specifically and like how he shot it and he shot it with flash and I shoot it with HDR. So just the look of the shots are going to be so different. Um, and so I didn't really know what to say in that moment. I was like, Oh, okay. And I just kind of kept on going and we moved on from there. But, um, yeah, yeah that, that's a, it's a really awkward place or, place we put in because you're like mm-hmm. in the moment negotiating with like you're like i'm already here i drove yeah. i'm like i thought i had this job and they're like oh well can you do this or like my friend can do it for this it's like i'm i'm here like, my time has already been spent right so it's like right. that's it's important it's important because let's say for example i caved in oh 170 okay i'll take it for 170 yeah the client will now always have the yep. incentive to lower the price and I, I i can't do that as a matter of fact for a photo shoot, I charge $200 per photo shoot. That's an hour session. So either I take, I give up and I do get, you know, 170 or uh, I go do a photo shoot and make 300 and everybody knows I'd rather make a photo shoot. And that's my bread and butter. And so like, you know, yep. you don't want to ever falter on your price. That's why it's confidence. It's all confidence. hundred percent. Yeah. We, we talked about this in, uh, in the second episode with Jacob Banner and he was talking about how like, free work is such a controversial thing in like the creative space because like you need, you need portfolio pieces no matter what, like that's just how, how we sell ourselves as a portfolio, but it's important to, especially if it's a client you want to work in the, in the future with to kind of set that expectation of like, you're paying me for my work. Even if like in the beginning you give them a discount, like 20%, 30%, whatever, like kind of set that expectation in the beginning to like, in exchange of money because a it gives you confidence in asking for money, especially if you're not um, used to that, used but to also um, it kind of sets the expectation that every time there is an exchange of money, because I'm providing you this value. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the future, you can kind of set your price set your figure out how much your time is worth and go from there. And maybe you say no to some, some products because you're just not worth your time. That's just mm-hmm. how it is. But it's really important to be confident in asking for, uh, money in exchange for your work about all the time. Oh yeah. So, okay. I love this topic. Here's, here's my take on free work. It's necessary, but only for like, the guaranteed money that you get from it. So for example, if you have a client you've never done work for before and they're like, okay, this is Fabrice. He does this. Um, but I have no idea how you can do this. Give them a free work. So if I have a client that I know that don't need reels and a website and stuff like that, okay, let's do one reel. Let's do one reel right now, actually. I brought my camera. Lucky day. Shoot the reel. Go back and record it. Give them a reel in like three hours. I'm like, hey, here's what you should expect times 20. And then, boom, there's free work, right? Or um, I don't know. There's just so much. Like, but it's not, You have to do some jobs for free. That way, you're able to give 
value to a client before they can, you know, convince them, hey, there's a free job. Here's what you can expect from me. So, yeah. And I, I like that. I like that idea of kind of giving the free work as an upsell instead of giving the free work as the whole thing. So like you're already, you know, you're, they're already in for a thousand dollars or whatever, but you know, you could sell them on a $1,500, $2,000 package, offer them that one reel, offer them like for me, like I have drone photos as an add on to my real estate. And like, you know, I'm going to, if they don't buy the drone photos, I still think every house needs them, especially like up here in Warsaw and Kaskaskia County where I am, like we have tons of lakes and lake culture is huge oh, boating yeah. and all that kind of stuff. You have to have drone photos if you have a lake house. Like you just you have to. So if if a client doesn't pay for them, I'm gonna say like, hey, you didn't pay for them. I'm gonna do a couple free. Here's two or three. Maybe oh, next yeah. time think about it. So I think I think doing it as an upsell instead of doing it as the whole thing is is a lot better mm-hmm. because again, you're practicing asking for money. You're getting that you're getting, having that exchange and that relationship already set. But then you're upselling, and upselling is also a big deal and or a big part of uh, your business. So. There's a lot of like really good ways to do it there. True. And it, it doesn't help. It doesn't hurt you to do free yep. work. Hell, I did free work my first pretty much year. When I got the, my last year in college, when I got the camera, I did free work that most of that year until I started in the parties and stuff. And so like now I built that portfolio, you know, so to help me gain like this all started from Reese visuals, the podcasting. It all started from free work. When I put my camera down and I shoot myself or I shoot a friend, Hey, who took this pictures of you? Oh, for Breeze did. All right, cool. Yeah. Right, cool. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, a hundred percent. And, and if it's, if it's not that much work for you, just do it like a real, like, you know, if you're like, I shoot, so I added all my clips down to 60 seconds or lower. Cause I want to post on YouTube shorts. Mm-hmm. So like if you're shooting a 20 second video, how much work is that for you? Really? like 20 seconds, 20 second video plus captions plus whatever. Like that's maybe an hour at the very most and probably not even that. So like if it's, if it's like getting my drone up in the air, I can get my drone in the air in two minutes and then shoot three, three video or three photos in five minutes. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's just so much, it's not that much work. So just do it and then you're going to get that upsell and then it'll just kind of, it'll go from there. And even if they don't pay it, you know, that's just your, somebody's going to pay for it and somebody's going to realize they need that in the future. So I love that. Um, we're already at 41 minutes, which is crazy because I did not think that time has gone this fast, but it has. So, um, one thing I really wanted to ask you because you have uh, grown your business a lot and you're already hiring people and doing all this stuff is, um, and even for me, like, how are you finding new clients and how are you selling those new clients? What does that like sales outreach look like for you? And we already kind of talked about it a little bit, but kind of go further in that better this is a good question this um this changes sometimes too um but i'm old school right if i want a client i will literally walk it's like <laughs> i'm so weird if i want something I, I go get it right if i see a client and i'm like okay so i, I want to work with them for example i'm gonna t- tell you who i'm targeting right now so champion x they're an oil field company right big corporation guy um I, I would be so scared to talk to them, but I literally, I want to build a landing page for one of their products, maybe even pitch them something. Not sure what it is yet, but that's what I want to do. And so what I'll probably do is I'm going to wear a fancy suit or something. Probably not, I'll probably just dress how I normally do. Um, and then walk to their doors. Hey, my name's Fabrice. Hey, my name's Fabrice. Do you know, do you have a marketing guy here? Or this is my card. I'm a marketer here in the city locally, you know, because people always love local work. And Here's what I want to do for you. Here's what I can offer. Is there a person who, you know, whatever. And usually companies will say something like, hey, um, 
we actually have a guy who does X, Y, Z. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm your guy. And so, like, you, you have to have that confidence, right? Um, so, yes, that's how I go about finding my clients. And then, two, because I've done so much free work and I'm, I'm so adamant on sharing the work that I create, I always have my clients, like, sharing it, too. So, okay. I've done work for you. Let's post it. That's why I have Maria post because when she posts it, you know, share it for them. And so clients typically come from that aspect. It's from that end as well. Um, additionally for me though, the most important way of finding clients is putting yourself out there hundred percent. So reels, posting all your stories about what you're doing every day and you know all that stuff like when i meet my uh, my clients or even close friends the first thing they tell me is dude you're so busy i'm like i think yeah i am but how do you know that <laughs> and I, I was reminded i'm like yeah it's my stories i posted what i was doing on my stories and it's out of enjoyment not even just to like show that i'm busy out of enjoyment i'm posting what i enjoy and so yeah for you if you were to go about like what you do and how you do it it's about putting yourself out there how can i be in front of everyone's necks at all times, right? Whether it's on stories, whether it's by having your friends share what you create and stuff like that. So when I started out, obviously the pictures and stuff, you know, posting that all day, every day, I did like two photo shoots per week just for myself. People would see that all the time and people would share it all the time. And so same thing. Yeah, definitely. I, 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 I personally need to get more active on social media. I've tried a little bit, but um, like this, this kind of, podcast is like where I'm putting most of my energy in social media, but my personal brand, I really need to do more of that. Um, so how are, how are you, how are you overcoming those no's? So like I've had people, I've had walked into big like corporate or uh, commercial development, commercial developers here. And I've said like, Hey, I'm a real estate photographer. I'd love to shoot, you know, that orthopedic building you just put over there. Cause orthopedics is huge in Warsaw. Um, and they're like, Oh, we already have a drone guy. We already have a photographer. We already have this person. Like you say like, no, I'm your guy. Like how are you? Is it all confidence? Are you like, do you have strategies of like overcoming certain no's? Like yeah. what, what does that look like for you? So I don't really look at no's as overcoming them because every no leads to a yes, every single one. Right. However, there's ways of coming about things that can help you. So for example, let's say you did go to an orth orthopedic building, right. And you want to look at their work. Cool. Simple. I let's say you already know going in that they have a videographer or they tell you right so what I'll probably do is okay cool I got the, I'm gonna say I'm gonna go there tomorrow but today I'm actually gonna go up there right after they close let's say they close at five I'm gonna go out there at 545 I'm gonna shoot the front I'm gonna edit it and make it the best goddamn picture they'll ever see <laughs> that way because most of the time you know if you know your work you'll know what you what your worth is and then once I do that cool I go there tomorrow the next day Hey, I actually want to take, you know, pictures for your building. As a matter of fact, here's what to expect. Printed sheet of their building that you took yesterday, stuff like that. So going in there with, see, goes back into that free work. And so there's one of those. And then two, I'm not, I've, I've heard no so many times in my life, not just in business, but girls and just life and wanting things. And like, bro, like I love no's because the no's push you to a yes and they elevate you to perform better. And so, um, yeah, there's ways around it as business strategies. And of course, like if you ever want to call me for anything like that, I can tell you how to do all that stuff. So, oh uh, yeah, there's a lot of it. There's a lot of it. For sure. For sure. I love that. I love that idea. I need, I have a couple buildings I think I could go do and like do some commercial shoot or just like a couple of photos and do like a you know, sky replacement and give them a good like twilight photo of their business, stuff like that. So I'll definitely start using that strategy. Um, so we have about, 
13 minutes left. We probably can go for another two hours. But um, I, I always like to end this with um, two things, talking about what gear you use on, on your uh, shoots. So what camera, tripod, gimbal, lens, all that kind of stuff. And then at the end, we'll go over some action items that people can take right now to better their business, better themselves as entrepreneurs, um, things that they can do like today to to kind of grow their business. So first, let's start with gear. What what type of uh, camera did you actually start out with? What was the first camera you bought? And then right now, what are you using to shoot your client work? I got you, bro. Oh, man. Um, when I started out, I had some sort of like, I think it was like a, so Samsung camera, I don't even know. It was like this small, like a, like, you know the Sony ZV ones, yeah, like, like, like twenty years back. <laughs> okay, so, a little point and shoot, a little point and shoot, and like the flip out screen. It was cool. Yeah, but, you know, I had that for a little bit, but um, I was like, man, this camera sucks. That's why I was shooting on my little, my first ever podcast, my first three podcasts, and then um, a bunch of my YouTube skits on the Fabricated Podcast channel. Like that's what I was shooting with. Now my Thomas has changed. Let me show you. I actually have it all back here. So this is my brevity bag, which I will die and live brevity. I love yes. brevity here. I'm actually, wait. You have one too? This is oh. also my brevity bag. This oh, you got the funny. runner. Yeah, I got the runner. I got the runner. I got the printer. And so, yeah, um, I'm rocking a Zion Tech, uh, Zion Crane Plus, which okay. for what it's done for me in the past year, I'm ever grateful. But this thing sucks. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm going to move up to the um, DJI. Is it the Ronin S2? RS3. RS3 or RS3 Pro. Yeah. Yeah. 100% agree. Yeah. And then um, my camera of choice, probably my favorite camera of all time, is the Sony Ace, uh, A7. Sony 6400. I'm trying to get okay. an A7 S3 soon, which is what I'm saving up for. But the 6400 has been, if not my lifesaver and I've used this for everything. I always rock on it for videos, this Sigma 16 millimeter, uh, F1.4. Um, I'm a big Sigma advocate, love the Sigma brand. Um, so I've been rocking that for all my videos and stuff like that, especially with the concerts. I bought it, I bought it when I was shooting those parties. And so um, my, obviously you got the kit lens, which I never use, to be honest. Um, I just, it's just a, but it's a solid kit lens. I just don't have a purpose to use it because I have the other yeah. two ones to use. So that one, and then my favorite photography lens of all time, which is the Sigma 56 millimeter f 1.4. I mean, this one has got me through everything. I'm, this is probably, if not, if you want to do portrait photography, this is the best setup for the uh, prime um, crop uh, A series uh, Sony cameras. And so. Um, okay. Because my camera has a 1.4 crop, this one's a 55 millimeter, and so it crops all the way to 85 millimeters, and that's why I get that bokeh uh, deal. And then I have, what's this? The, the is it this DJI? It is DJI. The Osmo. Osmo 4 or 5 or whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I have that. And that's pretty much my main shooting gear. I have a tripod, a couple lights that I bought over the years from newer. Uh, you know, newer lights. And then yep. that's pretty much that. So now I'm about to just upgrade and see what happens. When I was first shooting, I had the um, the Rode uh, microphone on top of everything. But yeah, 
that's not cutting it anymore. So now I have um, the road. I don't even know where they're at, but the, the microphones, the little square ones that the are wireless now. Video mic pro or whatever it's called. Yeah. 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 And so I have those with the lavalier mic. And so, yeah. Yeah. This, I mean, this whole setup has gotten me through everything I need. So, and it costs. That's a solid setup. Thank you, bro. Thank you, bro. And for what I create out of it, I'm surprised I haven't upgraded sooner. But it's time to upgrade. Like, it's, it's desperately time to upgrade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We were talking about that in um, in the second episode of Jacob Banner as well. Like, one of the... I have a clip out there on, on Instagram. You can go find it. It's talking about how you need to master your craft before you invest in any gear. So, like, okay. you obviously... like I've seen your, your work. You desperately deserve an A7S III. Like, your work has deserved that. But the 6400, fantastic camera to start with. It's kind of everybody who recommended that's used it. You know, and even on the kit lens, like if you can't afford another lens, that kit lens is totally fine to start out with. Master that camera, you know, learn your shutter speed, aperture, ISO, learn your, you know, video formats, your frame rates, all this stuff. Master that so that way when you go into a shoot, you're not messing around with settings and you're like, you don't know and like you're trying out this. Like master all of that before you even like think about buying the $1,700 camera or whatever. Like that's just so important. Right. And that's why I grew so fast because I spent a year literally. So the reason I got the 6400 is because I spent a year watching videos on it, like mm-hmm. a full on year watching it. So when I got yeah. it, I was like, okay, cool. My fingers already knew what to do. And then I even went in there and changed a few settings to where I have huge hands. Um, and so I, got, I adjusted it to where it kind of fits my hand and my profile. And so, yes, 100%. Master your current craft before you try to elevate it too much. Because if you gave me a seven, a7s3 what well, as soon as it came out bro i would have no idea what to do with it yeah 4.2 codecs all that i wouldn't even deal with it 100 percent. Yeah. yeah one thing that i'm i'm going to work on and i'm actually going to start today just because i i finally have like time in my day that i'm not trying to like just pack in is i have a i have a crane 3s the zane nice. crane 3s um massive gimbal so it's just a lot so, and I haven't used it yet because I bought it for a gig. The gig didn't work really? out. So then I just kind of have it. But what I'm, what I'm planning on doing every night is balancing it because like balancing those things is, it's just, it's most of your time. It's such oh a pain God. in the butt. So what I, what I plan on doing is throwing my whole rig on, you know, camera, cage, mic, lens, everything that I own, throwing it on the camera and then balancing it with that. So that way, when I go to, you know, this client that we're, I'm going to meet with on Wednesday, like I'm not, I might go early and balance the gimbal, obviously, because I can't transport it balanced. Right. But like, it won't take me an hour to balance. It'll take me 20 minutes to balance or whatever. So that's what I'm going to do right now is like make sure I know how to balance that thing because it's difficult. It's probably the hardest part of owning a gimbal. And then also learn just basic movements. Like once I get to know how to balance it, how do I get into the underslung mode where I hold it and it's like hanging down? Like yeah. all this kind of stuff. So. Um, that's kind of what I'm doing right now to um, kind of better myself and make sure I'm more comfortable with my gear for sure. No, nah, you need to, bro. You need to. I don't, I don't time is short, but you need to because, bro, you have no idea how many times. So I have the 56 and in the, uh, in the, in the 16 millimeter. Yeah. The amount of times I had to switch on them at shoots is ridiculous. And so I had to learn how to balance my gear like that. Now I have it to where, like, I know exactly where the camera should be and how the dial should be lined up, especially with the Zion products. You know, I know exactly how this should be to balance. So, yeah. Yeah. It's important. And then the second half of your question, what was it? Action items. So, like, things that people can do right now to better their business, grow their business, things like that. So, school 
business, passions, anything of that aspect, first thing you should do is always make sure your life is in check. So um, me and my friend always talk about the five Fs. So family, faith, finances, fitness, and fun, all those pillars should be in check. Once those pillars are in check for you, then you can focus on whatever you're doing. And so um, at the moment, all my pillars are great except for finances, which is actually hilarious because I'm pitching all day and day right now and kind of see where everything's coming. And like a month ago, it was actually all perfectly around like eight, eight, nines or, eight, eight or tens, basically. Um, and so making sure that you sleep good, you get eight hours of sleep, at least at least six and a half. People say six, I say six and a half It make sure that you're eating three times a day. Cause I remember there was a time frame. I got, so I got surgery this year or last year back in April because I was working so hard and I ruptured my patellar tendon. And so I was out for a month and I'll bro, I was literally waking up at 4am to go hoop at five and I was sleeping at midnight like every day. And so making sure your body's, you know, in check, making sure your mental's in check. You need to have days off today. Tomorrow's actually my half day off, um, which I actually desperately need. So I'm probably going to watch The Last of Us, which just came out on Up. Yes. Which I like. I, I'm going to ask you how that is because I'm looking forward to watching it too. It's, it's probably going to be good because I played the game. It's one of my favorite games of all time. Okay. Um, yeah. So that one. And then on top of that, just checking in on yourself and your mental, how you speak to yourself, how you advocate to yourself, and how people speak on you. It's, it's hard to control the second part, but. As long as you can control the first part and how you advocate to yourself, it's good. Now, if you're in a business and you want to start, the first thing I, I would say is put yourself out there. Learn who you are. Learn how to be confident about yourself and, you know, like put yourself out there. Um, you know, I don't want that. You know, it's, I hate when I'm always on people that are like, oh, my God, I hate the way my hair looks on this one or I hate the way this happens. Just put it out there first and then hate it when you're successful. Hate it when you're doing it hate it when you've got it um and then after that I, I i just wrote myself 10 personal laws on what i should do to become successful to me personally and one of those laws is dip your head down don't talk to anybody or i guess dip your head down and be to yourself don't reveal your intentions and just focus on your craft don't tell your intentions or secrets to anybody just focus on you and go towards it. And then once you got that down, like you'll start to see how things start to stack up. Because life isn't just like this. It's like this and then it goes down crazy and then it goes up crazy. And then it's like, but as long as the overall chart is like this, that's where it matters. So, I love that. I love that. I think, I think the last thing you said there is really important because like you know yourself the best and you know what you're trying to do the best. Like I, I've had this issue in the past with different things, personal and business, where like, I go to I go to somebody and I'm like, okay, this plan, this is my plan, this, 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 I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do all these things. Yeah. And then if I don't accomplish them, I kind of feel bad, not just for myself, because I didn't accomplish it, but also like I have all these people that expected me to do these things. Yeah. So if you just kind of put your head down and you say, like, I'm gonna accomplish this goal today, like whether that goal is I'm gonna land this, you know, six figure client, if mm -hmm. you're like at that level, or the goal is as small as I'm going to learn how to do multicam in Premiere Pro, like just a 20 minute little like tutorial, like big goal, small goal. As long as you put yourself, if you put your head down and just kind of go forward to that goal, mm. you a will accomplish it, um, whether it takes a day or a month or a year or whatever. But you're also not um, putting that extra pressure on yourself yeah. of like, I told 50 people that I'm going to hit, 
you know, this financial level or whatever. Like, I feel like that, that for me was um, an issue in the past. Like I told all these people that this was going to happen and then didn't. And then now I, that's an added pressure. I didn't really need it myself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and then the, the last thing is just the goal thing, right? Having clear set defined goals. That way you can kind of go through, um, you know, and, and achieve those goals. I mean, dude, I'm so busy. One of my goals, like, kid you not, one of my goals is to play video games for an hour every day. Dude, I failed that goal for the past, like, week. So yesterday, I actually played for an hour, and then I stopped after. But yeah, you have to set those goals. Because if I don't play the game or have a, a reason to de-stress, then I'm going to crash, and my 5Ls are going to fall, and then so is my business. And so, yeah, it's important to set those goals. I love that. Yeah, I last night was the first time I watched a movie, and, like, I like sat down and watched a movie in the first, like, or in the past, like, month and a half maybe even three months. Like it's been a while, but like, I love movies. Like that's my like biggest thing. So like just sitting down and watching, it was a fantastic movie. It's called the menu. If you haven't seen it. Um, yes, it's, if it's, it's a little dark, um, it's like a dark comedy, but it's so good. So, but like just that thing of like, it felt right. Like it felt comfortable. Like the movie is dark and kind of disturbing, but like just sitting down and watching a movie that I really enjoyed, just felt good. And it, it, it doesn't, and even if you're super busy and you have all these things, like I still have a ton to do. I probably could have used the two hours I watched that movie to work on this, yeah. but it, it's all about getting your mental in check and like having that break of doing something you really enjoy. Like I don't like movies are almost more enjoyable to me now because I haven't watched any in a while. So now I sit down and watch one. So having those little breaks kind of keeps you, helps you de-stress, helps you, uh, not focus on all the things that are going to stress you out. And then you can get back to them and you have a better mindset to go oh, into yeah. that. One, one million percent. I'll, I'll speak on every day. So sweet. Well, yes. Well, Fabrice, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This conversation has been fantastic. Um, I think you could definitely be on for another hour, two hours, five hours, just because I could probably learn so much from you. So thank you so much for coming on. Um, and yeah, do you have any, actually, before we go, I forgot to do this last time and I'm going to make sure I do it this time. Where can people find you online and how can people get a hold of you? Uh, so you can find me online at Fabrice Fuangi, F-A-B-R-I-C-E-F-O-U-O-N-J-I on Instagram, Facebook, um, and wherever, like anywhere else you can find social media, LinkedIn too. Um, but that's where I'm at. And then if you want to check out my website, FabriceVisuals.com, FabriceVisuals.com. Um, that's where people can find me at. And Reach out, reach out to me. I'm always an advocate of people reaching out. So reach out to me. I was, you know, excited. And thank you, bro. This podcast is actually pretty sick. <laughs> I'm actually happy Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate it. So all, all of Fabrice's links in social media will be down in the, the description or the show notes to this video. So you can go there to check it all out. Um, but yeah, we will have you on at some point because I definitely want to talk to you again. Uh, so thank you for coming on the podcast. Nah, bro. Thank you. Let's do this again like a million times. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Take care. Peace. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Rest of Us podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please consider leaving a rating or review on the podcasting platform of your choice. It really helps me see that you are enjoying the episode and also helps other people see the podcast. Also, please consider giving a follow on social media. All the links will be in the show notes down below. Also, in the show notes, there is a link to the Rest of Us newsletter. This is a, a platform where I'll send out different takeaways from the episode, resources that were mentioned in the episode, and also uh, notifications about new episodes. So make sure you click the link to subscribe there. So episodes are released weekly, and I will see you then on the next episode of the Rest of Us podcast. <laughs>